Welcome to Champagne Problems Podcast. I am your host, Robbie Shaw. Join us as we explore mental and emotional well-being, physical optimization, and the journey to discovering your highest self. Champagne Problems is brought to you in proud partnership with Bond Buzz, the alcohol-free social spirit. Bond Buzz is an award-winning, alcohol-free functional beverage company creating adult drinks that are health-forward, all-natural, and uncompromising. They're on a mission to create a future where feeling good and getting buzzed exist in absolute harmony and not at the expense of your health. Their bold concoctions offer focus and energy while calming the nervous system for a night on the town or a productive afternoon. Bond Buzz uses only natural ingredients and a hyperfunctional blend of nootropics, adaptogens, and functional mushrooms to amplify the sensory experience. If you're looking for a drink to help you cool off after work or a drink to stimulate your mind and body without the harmful, icky hangovers, drink Bond Buzz for good days only. What's up, everybody? My name is Patrick Bosley. I'm one of the co-hosts of the Champagne Problems podcast, and we are here today live at the Counterculture Festival. And we're having a NA Beverage VIP panel today with, with a few peeps. And uh, I'm going to go around real quick and introduce everybody. And then I'll kind of let you guys introduce yourselves and tell everybody what you do and why you're here. So directly to my right, we have Molly Ruggieri. She's the head coach and founder of Counterculture Club and Counterculture Festival. And then to her right, we have Jacob Virgil. He's the director of strategic development at Noda Brewing. And we have Miranda Michaels. She's the events manager for the Mule and Devil's Foot Beverage Company. And Corinne Brown, the founder of Be Refreshed Beverage Company. So uh, we'll start with Corinne. What are you doing here? <laughs> I'm here to have some fun. <laughs> um, no, what am I doing here? I'm actually representing five brands that I help represent. Um, Venata Sparkling Wines that are from the Netherlands. I'm bringing in Ritual, Amethyst, and Sober Carpenter beers, as well as clever mocktails. Um, Be Refreshed Beverage Company overall, though, um, we're heading up the bottle shop for you guys because our kind of theme is that whether you're choosing a dry day or a dry life, you deserve elevated options. No one wants an adults, okay? And most people that are abstaining from alcohol, it's for health reasons. In fact, what is it, 37% of the population, 18 and up now, abstain from alcohol, and their number one reason is health. So when you put health first, please don't give me a lavender lemonade with 42 grams of sugar. Yeah. So... I hear that. Yeah. Thanks, Corinne. She's also bringing the sass to the Yeah, festival. I know. I can Lots tell. <laughs> the natural go. Let's go. And so you forgot the part about, so you're like one of the only NA beverage distributors in Charlotte. Yep. So I, right? I have an interesting business model. I do a retail shop. But I, my main thing is that I do private consulting with different restaurants and bars to set up a full dry bar. So like last week, I was up at the City Club Charlotte. We're setting them up to have a dry bar. The Duke Mansion's one of my partners. So if you want a dry wedding, you can have the elevated experience that you want. Yeah. I'm just trying to help change the conversation. And that's why I started this company, is we need to celebrate sobriety and give people options. Because just because you're choosing a dry day doesn't mean you should have limited options. Like, I don't even drink soda. Why are you going to give me soda? Yeah. Like, no. So we're yeah. just... Unless it's craft soda. No, craft soda? Okay, yes. Yes. But we're talking about all the other stuff. I mean, and you think about, like, most weddings, like, if you go to a dry wedding, like, it, the tea's awful, or there's water, you know? And so we need great options. And so I've searched the world to find the best ones so that people can trust that there are amazing options. And I'm still surprised. Every time I do a tasting somewhere, people will come and try the products that I have, and they're like, oh, it really is good. Oh, Gosh, this is good. Like, everyone's so skeptical. Like, come taste them. Believe me, I only yeah. sell what I drink. And 
I like good stuff. I'm kind of snobby. Elevate. Sushi. Elevate. We deserve it. You know? Let's go to Miranda. What okay. brings you here? Hi, I'm Miranda with Devil's Foot Beverage Company. We make soda. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I have to learn try to like soda. It's actually really good. Um, yeah, we've been operating in Asheville for seven years doing farm to can. Um, love being in this space and anything that Molly touches turns to gold, so it's always good to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, being able to bring our product to a space where we can like educate people on what soda is and is not True. and changing the conversation around what NA Bev is and is not. So that's about it. That's what we're here for. Cool. Thanks. Jacob. Hey, Jacob Virgil. I'm with Noda Brewing. Uh, our primary products are alcoholic. I'm obviously not here to talk about those today. I'm here for a hop two oil. So similar to what Miranda was saying, excuse me, not Miranda. Um, she was saying, we realized our non-alcoholic non options at the tap room were not something we were proud of. Um, they were not craft sodas. They were your typical Coca-Cola, really sugary things. And we wanted to have an option for folks when they came in who did not want to drink. So we uh, created Hop Duo. It's a sparkling hopped water, um, zero calories, zero sugar, of course, zero alcohol as well. We launched this last year, and we're really excited to see how it's grown so far. It's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Wasn't it at the time, too, like the first... NA product from a Charlotte brewery? Uh, First-ish. Ish. Um, Resident Culture had come out with um, their non-alcoholic non beer. I cannot say that word. Uh, it was like right the around time, the same time, right? but yeah. I think we beat them by like a month or two, but right around the same time. But yeah. we were the first and still only to have a hop water. That's awesome. Uh, it's a growing category. Started out west as pretty much all things in the beer world do, and then is slowly making its way east. Um, but we've expanded the distribution of it throughout most North Carolina at this point and in the upstate of South Carolina. Awesome. So Molly, introduce yourself and then I'm gonna ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm Molly Ruggieri, as Patrick mentioned. I'm the founder of Counterculture Club, which is a global alcohol-free social community. We have a global network of members as well as a local community here in Charlotte. So um, we started coincidentally a month before the pandemic. So we had to shift gears from being an in-person group to online. Um, but that's been awesome because it's allowed us to connect with people all over the world and brands from all over the world. So um, Counterculture Festival is, you know, ultimately we are countering the culture with our events by trying to make the idea of socializing without feeling the need to consume alcohol. Uh, normalized and not just normalized, but fun and cool. Like this, I mean, if I do say so myself, it's a pretty cool event. So we really just want to do things that that celebrate and position, you know, taking a break from alcohol, taking a, you know, whether it's a day, a night, a month, or a lifetime, just giving people the opportunity to experience firsthand what it's like to socialize alcohol-free and kind of have that you know, rare social experience to do that. Um, and the festival, we founded this last year in 2023. And, you know, I knew that it would be popular because there isn't, there was, at the time, there was no non-alcoholic beverage festival in the Carolinas, period. I don't think there was even one in the Southeast. Um, I don't, there's really not that many, period. It's a relatively, like, new concept. There are a few others, but um, I wanted to showcase all the beverages that I've tried and that we've worked with over the years. And, Again, like, like Corinne was saying, like people are so unaware of the wide variety of different types of beverages, categories of beverages, non-alcoholic beverages on the market, because they're still not yet really in stores or in restaurants. It's, it's growing every single day, but there's still 
so much education to be had and also some, you know, my background is in PR and events. So like I'm all about positioning this as, you know, showcasing the awesome options, giving people the information and the education and the knowledge and, you know, doing what we can to shape the community and, and culture and make it more inclusive of, you know, and drinking culture in general more inclusive. Which kudos to you too, because to see how much y'all have done, even just in the last year has been amazing from last year's festival to this year. We were talking about this beforehand, like the, there used to be such a strong stigma around yeah. not drinking, around non-alcoholic beverages, and that is slowly getting chipped away. And I, the work y'all are doing with festivals like this is huge. So thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Could I say, I think one of the biggest things why the shift is happening is people are finally starting to educate themselves mm -hmm. because knowledge is power. And a lot of the studies that are public are actually paid for by the alcohol companies. Yeah. So let's go look at John Hopkins and these things. I mean, here's a fun fact. I just learned this last week and I'm really excited about it. Um, did you know alcohol stays in your saliva for two to three hours after you consume it? Which is why alcohol is the leading contributor to throat, mouth, esophageal, and colon cancer. In fact, there's a lot of other things that go along with that. Now, I'm not going to shame somebody, tell them what they should or shouldn't do. But I think people have to start listening to their own facts, coming to their own interpretations in society in general. Look inward, and then you find the answers. And I think so many people are focusing on their mental health, and that goes along with the gut-brain axis. We are what we eat. What we eat affects our mental health. Our mental health then affects our physical health. And we can get into the microbiome another day, but there's <laughs> the science behind it is fascinating. And the fact is that alcohol actually rips the lining, which leads you to a leaky gut, which leads you to depression, anxiety, and so many other and things. And this is just stuff that nobody knew about, but because of you know the internet age, Gen Z is drinking less than any generation. And I think it's in large part due to the fact that, like Corinne's saying, we're all more well-informed, we're on, they're on TikTok, they're on social media, the information is now accessible in a way that it wasn't before. So we're getting that at a, you know, a crazy pace as the non-alcoholic beverage category is growing widely, like year over year, and these big, massive beer brands are investing in it. So Absolutely. those two powers still want combined. The taste. They just don't want the effects. And the, and the thing too is, and what we're doing at this festival is it's not demonizing alcohol. Like we were totally neutral about it. We want this to be an inclusive event for on, honestly more so drinkers than non-drinkers in a way because people that are sober or people that are not drinking are more aware and educated of these options and alcohol's impact than those that are you know, just not, they've never explored it because they haven't had the need to. But to shape culture and to change cultural trends, everybody has to be on board. So we're really trying to educate the general public with our events and like change mainstream culture. Obviously that's a very lofty goal, but you know, I think we're starting to and the fact that we sold this festival out last year and you know, we're charting, I mean, this space is too big to sell out, but um, we're gonna sell just as well as we did last year. So. It's the proof is in the pudding. Is that the right way of using that for your the, speech? The, the numbers speak for themselves. Yes. Yeah. So we get we get a little fired up, but you can ask <laughs> someone else a question now. So Miranda, you had a, uh, a non-alcoholic beverage festival in Asheville last fall. Can you oh. tell us a little bit about that and what inspired you to do that? Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we hosted Zero Proof. Um, it was Asheville's first non-alcoholic beverage festival. A lot of the inspiration came from, of course, counterculture fest kind of taking the lead to opening the door to creating you know an experience for people not just to get educated on all of the variety of different um, beverages that are out there but to create an experience similar to what molly was saying that as a reminder that like 
our celebratory gatherings and like making connections and having a good time doesn't need to be contingent on anything other than allowing ourselves to have fun mm -hmm. and like really changing and reframing what it means to go to a concert or go to a party and pick up a conversation with a stranger. And, you know, Asheville is Beer City, USA. So the market and all of the activities are so saturated with alcohol. You go to the barber shop, you guys, you want to get a haircut? Do you want a beer while you're getting your haircut? You're getting your nails done. Do you want a beer? You want a glass of wine before that massage? <laughs> boxed so, wine. Not even good wine. Boxed wine. No, boxed wine. Yeah. House red, house white, six Moscato. bucks. Um, <laughs> so creating like a space that's like kind of offering something different and moving towards allowing people to come and do whatever they want. Um, at the festival itself, you know, we only serve non-alcoholic beverages, but at our tap room on a normal day, we have an entire zero proof menu next to an entire proof menu. Um, and I think that the important thing, like you were saying, it's not like us versus them. Like what we're trying to do is just provide options and yeah. allow people to feel safe and feel comfortable and not feel judged or not feel pressure to order something. Are you drinking? Are you not? Who cares? Does it taste good? Do you exactly, enjoy it? That's yeah. what it's about. And that's such a good point too, because, and that's why our events, like I said, are really inclusive and yours was as well, because it's not realistic to assume that if someone's sober, they never drink. They're just never going to be in places where alcohol is being served. Like they have to be in bars and breweries. Like that is where our social culture takes place is in, you know, conjunction with drinking. So let's make it as comfortable and enjoyable for non-drinkers and drinkers, because if there's more options, people feel more comfortable, you know, moderating or trying something new. And it's, you know, me health, mentally, physically beneficial for all of us to have those options. So it's, you know, getting rid of that stigma of like, whether or not you have a problem is irrelevant. If you want to drink something that tastes good, let's have as many options as possible. And whether or not there's alcohol in it is essentially, we want that to be irrelevant. So. And can I just say having it on the menu is so important, what yeah. you're doing, having that, because a lot of the conversations that I have with restaurant and bars and people as well, they're not going to ask for it in a restaurant because of the stigma that yeah. it comes back to them for saying, I'm not pregnant, okay? Just because I want non-alcoholic doesn't mean you're knocked up. And I don't mean it in that type of way. <laughs> but it's just, that's the stigma that women get, is it not? Like if we're going, not drinking, oh, is that or, oh, do you yeah. have a problem? And it's neither. It's just that I care about my health and I like mental clarity. I think it is yeah. slowly starting to change, though. Like you'll because influencers are doing it, celebrities are doing it. So it is almost becoming like seeing it. They're seeing a shift for sure. Mm -hmm. Like on you know. And if we can media. just encourage more people, though, put it on the menu, okay? Because if you Positive put it on the menu, pressure. people will order. And it's just don't expect them to ask for it if it's not. Absolutely. Yeah. My friend was telling me he used to you know back when he was like dating heavily, he would arrive early to go to the bar and tell the bartender, hey, I'm gonna order a whiskey ginger, but I'm not drinking, so just bring me a ginger ginger ale or yeah. whatever. Just so that his date would feel comfortable, the questions of, oh, he must have an alcohol problem wouldn't come up and it would just like create a safe space. Mm -hmm. So it's wild that that is what safety was. And it's cool yeah. that with all of the like explosive conversations and offerings and festivals and everything, we're changing what it means to feel comfortable in the decisions that we make absolutely and that's yeah. the other thing too is like people that don't drink are paying customers all of these beverages are not cheap like they, people will pay a premium for a craft beverage so it's like it's in the everyone's best interest to have more options so that's why we're grateful for 
all of you guys sure. because, you know, the community needs it. Yeah. It makes, it can be life-saving. So. Yeah, Corinne, I have a question for you. In terms of distribution and you going to talk to these restaurateurs and venues about placing alcohol-free products in their in their uh, in their venues. What what are some of the challenges that you're running into? Conversations that you're having with those people? Well, I think the biggest one is that no one asks for it. Yeah. Honestly, it's just that we're trying to change the conversation, right? And we're trying to get people just to be more aware of the people that want it. Mm -hmm. People don't realize the fact that Gallup.com said 37% of the population doesn't drink. When I tell people that, they look at me and their jaw drops. But <laughs> as Molly just mentioned, they're not going to be at those places where people are drinking because they don't feel comfortable. So, but they still go out and want to do Or they'll stuff. be there and be miserable drinking yeah. tap water. Right. But to answer the question, the biggest one is just figuring out what works for them, which is why I like doing private consultations with each place to figure out what they need for their menu so it complements. You're not yeah. trying to add something else. We're just trying to elevate your menu and give better options because water is free and I want you making money too. Yeah. So it's like, I'm trying to help everybody, you know? Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. Jacob, let's go to you, man. Tell us about... Um, Kind of what's going on in the, in the brewing industry in terms of NA products and, and how you guys are positioning yourself in the market. Yeah, so I'm sure everybody here is aware non-alcoholic beer is exploding right now. I mean, uh, Athletic, they started, call it five years ago, and they're now, I think, in the top 15 breweries in the country, which is just absolutely insane. So you're seeing more and more brands trying to put out a uh, non-alcoholic beer. That's really difficult to do, and I'll talk about that here in a minute, but... It's just interesting to see the varieties that are coming out. Um, some are still are doing hop waters, but by and large, it's still non-alcoholic beer, which is why we've kind of positioned ourselves to do the hop water. We wanted to do something different, but also for us, it's more what we wanted to drink. Um, we uh, at the brewery uh, enjoy drinking traditional beer, and non-alcoholic beer is different for um, just from a flavor perspective, typically. And so we wanted to have something that still tastes really good, but doesn't weigh us down, doesn't have still the carbs and the sugars they non-alcoholic beer would, but still has the, in this case, hoppy flavor that we enjoy. Um, so it's just interesting to see how it's evolved. Um, but to your point earlier, you're like, no one wants no duels. No one wants no duels. Or Never a Heineken have. Zero, sorry. Yeah. Poor duels. And those have tasted, yeah, poor duels. <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing fine. We'll help with the rebrand. But they... That has been non-alcoholic beer for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, it's been... Like dusty on the shelf. Dusty on the shelf. Yeah. Tastes terrible. Looks terrible. No one wants it. It's been really cool, even though we don't produce ourselves in non-alcoholic beer, it's been very cool to see the industry just develop and become a real industry of yeah. products that people actually are proud of, people actually want to drink. And they're not ashamed. Yeah, I'm having a little duels tonight, whatever. Um, so that's been really cool to see is that it's not just this kind of sub-segment that is doing its own thing on the side. Like it is right there with beer, beating out a lot of the other breweries and growing tremendously. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it's been fun to see. I know um, a lot of my vendors will talk and being part of Noda, that most NAs actually have higher and better ingredients because the flavor matters. And so a lot yeah. of people don't recognize that, that if you want a premium no, a NA, yeah. it's gonna have the premium flavors. And I know everyone's different. Like the Sober Carpenter that I represent, um, they do an acute fermentation where they stop the brewing process, but it is yeah. a legit craft beer. And people are like, is this really beer? Yeah, it's beer. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So, I mean, there's really like three ways you can make a non-alcoholic beer or really non-alcoholic anything that is a substitute, i.e. wine, spirit, etc. You can do a uh, stop it before it ferments enough to be truly alcoholic. Um, you can run it through a very expensive de-alcohol machine. There's only a few of those in the country. Or you can use a type of yeast that just doesn't spit out alcohol. So when you create anything alcoholic, um, you introduce the sugar, 
into a yeast and the yeast will spit out um, alcohol. The reason why the flavor is typically different is because alcohol serves a purpose in all those beverages. It's not just to get you drunk, it is to balance out the flavor. So in the case of beer, you have hops, you have grain, yeast, water. Grain is what you use to create those sugars to then uh, create that alcohol. Take an IPA, for instance, those are typically a higher ABV. It's because that alcohol is needed to balance out the hops. So you take out that alcohol, all of a sudden you have this overpowering flavor and it just, it's very unbalanced. So people have struggled for a while to create that balance. Um, the techniques and the processes have really gotten a lot more refined, such that they've been able to tone that in and really use higher quality products to create a higher quality end product as well. Um, so it's just been cool to see how that's evolved over the years. Um, but yeah. I know I want to actually go to Venata's facility because they de-alcoholize their wine. Yeah. And like, I just want to see it because it's expensive machines. Well, it's, it's crazy. I mean, they, they like, create, I just wanna... in that case, like they create the thing, the wine in their case, and just run it through and it strips it out. It's, I don't really scientifically understand how that piece works, yeah. um, but, then, but it's crazy. I think what well-being uses reverse osmosis. Like, they distill it basically. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just cool. Like I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Okay, nerd. Okay, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a question for Molly, and you've kind of answered this already, but I want you to dive a little bit deeper. In terms of consumer demographics, what do you think is the drive is driving the demand for NA beverages? Yeah. So actually, when I was working on my my presentation for this festival this year, I did a lot of research um, just to get the latest stats of of what the trends are saying, like what the growth of non-alcoholic beverages has been like. And, and as I was mentioning earlier, the two largest correlations are the growing interest in our wellness, mental and physical health, and then um, the just the innovation and the extreme growth of the NA sector itself. Um, and also, I think it's this generation that is coming up, it's, it's millennials, but Gen Z is actually, it's millennials and Gen Z like leading the charge. Um, and I do think social media has a lot to do with it. I also feel like just looking at culture on a larger scale, it's kind of like everything that was once not cool becomes cool again and vice versa, <laughs> like heavy drinking, like drug use. That was kind of like our parents' generation, like the boomers and Gen X, like that was partying hard was really like kind of part of another generation. And now as, as people are coming up and wellness and health is becoming more important, skincare routines, all this, all this stuff, it's like you can't ignore alcohol's effect, especially when we have that information about the science. And you know, the World Health Organization said last year, no amount of alcohol is, is good for us. And um, I think like drinking age of Gen Z is like 21%. I should have read my stats before I got here. But, but yeah, it's, it's just incredible to see and just see kind of that generation like leading the charge and like changing the narrative. Mm -hmm. And I just, from like a social perspective, it's just interesting to watch it happen because it's almost like the stigma is going in the reverse. It is. My two teenage daughters are here helping with their friends too. They're getting beta club credits, I think is fantastic. Um, <laughs> but they're all like against it. They're like, I don't want that. Why do I want to do that? That just sounds awful. I heard a crazy stat. I think it was from a Gallup poll, but Gen Z and I guess it'd be Gen Alpha more than any other generation in history, mm -hmm. equate drinking to smoking. Like that's the level of unhealthiness. Well, it that's is. because the statistics are coming yeah. out that the cancers that are caused by smoking, alcohol actually leads the way in those cancers. And it's just, when you think about how we looked at cigarettes 50 years ago, I think you actually did a thing, Molly, where you talked about this too. But you think about 50 years ago, how we thought about smoking, right? Yeah, smoke when you're pregnant, smoke when you have anxiety. And then it's like, gosh, no, it's actually really bad for your health. Please don't do that. 
people are now starting to see that with alcohol. I feel like this has happened before. People just love alcohol because it's the only drug that you are shamed if you don't participate in. Yeah. So you think about prohibition, right? They tried it then, people got mad. But it's like now because I think of social media and the internet, our reach of getting facts is better. So people can actually be educated. And going back to like the products themselves, like we have high rise here, it's CBD seltzer. They have a small amount of THC in some of their products. Like there's so many more alternatives to alcohol that don't give you a hangover, that don't make you gain a bunch of weight or like dance on a table or call your ex-boyfriend or whatever. <laughs> or, um, not that I've ever done any of those things, but um, so it's like you don't necessarily even notice you're missing it anymore because now you've got, you know, We've got drinks with adaptogens and ashwagandha and natural ingredients that give you the good feelings or reduce anxiety or do all the things we reach for alcohol for, but they don't have those compounding negative effects on your health and your energy and ultimately do a lot of the opposite of what you reach for them for in the first place. But, mm -hmm. but yeah, so it's they like you have more options. They stimulate so anxiety inside of you. There's a new study well, yeah. that shows if you have an underlining disorder, alcohol can actually bring it out. In fact, if dementia yeah. runs in your family- even if you don't smoke or not smoke, drink heavily, if you just drink consistently, you are more likely to have Alzheimer's and dementia if it runs in your family. Same thing with mental illnesses like anxiety and depression. So you don't have to be a heavy drinker. It's just a consistent drinker. And you have now made those chances higher for yourself. Yeah. Scary stuff. Molly, I got one more question for you. And then I have one that's going to wrap us up for everybody. But how has digital marketing and social media played a role in the NA movement? Yeah, I think it's played a massive role. Um, the first thing that comes to mind for me is like Katy Perry has an NA, uh, NA beverage brand now. Blake Lively has one. So many celebrities are coming out and saying they stopped drinking. And they're also, importantly, they're saying it's not because they're an alcoholic. It's not because they're going to AA. They're not swearing alcohol off forever. It's not this black and white lifestyle or decision that we've kind of been trained to believe in. So they're doing it normalizing on like a large scale. And then people are, the conversation just in the community as we're more social online, people are sharing more. And as they share more, other people feel more comfortable sharing more. Like yeah. I started, when I did started my whole process with quitting drinking at 27, I went online to meet people because I couldn't find community that I resonated with in Charlotte. And I started writing because writing is something that, you know, I do and I'm passionate about to share my experience. And through that, I created this like global network of writers and friends and influencers and like met all these incredible people by sharing on social media, like just sharing my experience. And, and I think a lot of us have had that as well. You'll have people come out of the woodwork that you maybe never even new like at all like people yeah. from high school years later that are like thank you so much for talking about this so mm -hmm. I think the chatter and the conversation is just it's not like it's it's not like it's a new thing that people have struggled with alcohol but it's a new thing that people are talking about it mm -hmm. and the more we talk about it the more normal it feels awesome got one more question that I'd like everybody to answer we only have about eight minutes left so if you could keep it brief you know 90 seconds, two minutes, but could each of you, and we'll start with Corinne, could each of you share a personal story or experience that like really highlights how the non-alcoholic movement has impacted your life or your business? Well, my kids like me again. 
So I think that's a really big one. I mean, I think a lot of us, when we, mental health is a big thing. And I think that's where the NA movement is really big for me is that we, numbing is not the answer. Mommy does not need a sippy cup. Mommy needs to deal, mommy needs to feel. And that we have to show our children and the next generation what good coping mechanisms are. And we can't do that if we are clouded ourselves. So I love the NA movement because it is celebrating people to look inward, to be true to themselves and to have that awareness where we, you have to learn your feelings to deal with your feelings and not being clouded, having other options that are normalized around allows us, I think, to break through so we truly can evolve. Yeah. Awesome, what about Love you, Marina? Um, yeah, I was actually first introduced to the NA realm and world when I was planning the Zero Proof Festival because a lot of conversations around this had come through in our meetings and we were like, all right, let's do this festival. I had no like touch to everything that was available. And so as I'm getting all of these products delivered at the end of the days, rather than sitting at the bar and having a beer, I'm like trying this great canned um, and a cocktail or like tasting all of these spirits. And what I realized was like, oh yeah, I'm not drinking for the intoxication i'm drinking for the flavor yeah. and for the tasting experience and because i want to pair it with great food and i want to create an experience for myself that at the end of the day i made this like delicious thing that i'm going to reward myself and sit down and enjoy it and it changed the conversation in my own head around what like why am i drinking what is driving me to reach for this beverage is it to decompress? Is it to celebrate? Um, or is it just really to have the flavor and realizing that the flavor is available in so many other ways? Like it made a shift, you know, and it like yeah. really changed my relationship with alcohol and non-alcoholic beverages. So super cool. Awesome. <laughs> such a good, like that is such a good case study of what we're doing with this festival. Or sorry, I don't want to yeah. take, yeah. take yeah, you in a spot. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like you never would have known about that had you right. not worked on that event. Yeah, for me, it was called a handful of years ago when my uh, closest friends um, told us that she was struggling uh, with addiction and uh, going through recovery and working at and running a brewery. That was obviously um, not a conflict, but it made me take a step back and realize, okay, we need to change the way we're doing some of the things with our friendship, making sure I'm not taking to places that you feel unsafe, uncomfortable. And in doing so, I realized, oh, where we spend time, where our place business is, is not as inclusive as we thought it was. At Nona Brewing, we very much focus on being an inclusive space for everybody. We did not realize that we were unintentionally excluding a pretty important segment of the population. And until that moment happened for me, it was like, oh, these sodas, these, it's embarrassing to say, these juice boxes, yeah, of course, somebody's not going to want those. Um, so we started offering more products and then creating one ourselves, trying to be truly a more inclusive space. And it's been awesome to see um, people come out of the woodworks and be like, we've wanted to come here. We used to love coming here. Now we can again. Thank you. We, we have this. Or even if they're not struggling with addiction, it's just like, hey, I'm trying to be healthier this month. Or I'm, I'm pregnant. I, my wife and I just had a child. And she was like, thank you for allowing us to now have something I can drink beyond just soda, tea, whatever. Like you said, it's just there were so many options out there that weren't good enough. And so we wanted to make one that was good enough so that we could truly be inclusive space we're trying to be for folks. I think of equal rights. It's not just about equal rights with men and women. It's equal rights in yard drinks too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not an us versus them thing. It's like everyone, drinking is default. So if you don't have a reason to question your relationship with alcohol, you don't have a quote unquote, again, problem, you're probably not going to question it. But if you have the opportunity to have something different, 
that is, you're going to have a, your mind blown moment like Miranda did. So, so yeah. And then what was, what is my, what was the question again? So how, how was, how was the NA movement impacted your life? Yes. So in general, I think, um, the going into like NA and drinking culture in general, what I've learned through this experience and through putting on these events and stuff, I'm like an introvert and I used to drink for social anxiety. I used to drink to date and have fun. And I thought that alcohol made me more free and made me more myself. But it was only when I stopped drinking and took a break from alcohol that I had to learn how to naturally cultivate those skills rather than outsourcing them to alcohol. So I think like the, the NA movement has impacted me on a personal level in just like the challenges to my own ingrained beliefs and like breaking my own misconceptions, which has completely changed like who I am as a person. Like I never, never would have started my own business or like I used to shake and like my voice cracked. Like I couldn't public speak like just a couple years ago, like when I was working in New York and like PR, but it was because I stopped drinking and started partaking in NA stuff and socializing and going out and putting myself in those situations that I was able to change my own perceptions and that changed my life. We so. all have the power within ourselves. Unfortunately, people think they need stuff. You don't. We can make dopamine ourselves. I feel like they don't. It's, it's not anybody's fault. It's like that is what we're told and we just don't question it. So mm -hmm. I also think this process, like, it teaches us to question everything. Like, don't just do things, like, because you think that you're supposed to. Like, ask yourself why and make your own informed decision. It's like, drink or don't drink, it doesn't matter. Just have informed consent, know what you're consuming, and you know, know you have options. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do anything. Awesome. Well, thank you all for doing everything you do thank in this you. space, and Thanks for being for here us. and being a part of the panel. I wanna thank Robbie Shaw from Everybody Studios for setting Woo! all this up, and let's go taste some good NA stuff. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks,